Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs, where we try to solve modern mom problems or at least have fun talking about them. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Today's topic is the importance of finding community as mothers. I'm joined by Aubrey Grossen and Megan Champion. Aubrey Grossen is a seeker of light, wife, and mama to four children. After going through severe postpartum depression and anxiety, she knew there was something she needed to do to help others who felt the same way. Since then, she's created a community of tens of thousands of women and moms and helped so many find hope in a new version of themselves. She's a meditation and breathwork facilitator, postpartum women's coach, and she hosts conferences to help women and moms. The conference is called Arise, and she's the founder of Anya, a new you again. Aubrey is on a mission to help women who are struggling with their mental health in any way she can. And Megan Champion is a 15-year elementary educator and mother of three, including her neurodivergent son. She's the founder and CEO of Mothers Together, an international online support community created to help struggling moms of neurodivergent, out-of-the-box kids find their people. Megan is the host of the wildly popular On the Hard Days podcast, where she interviews everyday moms raising neurodivergent kids to help her audience feel seen, heard, and validated. And finally, she's the creator of the, again, wildly popular series, What Moms of Neurodivergent Kids Wish They Could Say Out Loud on her Instagram page. Aubrey and Megan, whew, I got through those bios. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited to have both of you here today. We were chatting for a few minutes right before we all jumped on and, and hit the record button. And both of you are mom community leaders in different spheres and in, in helping different, let's say, segments of moms out. So let's start with you, Aubrey. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started? Sure. Yeah. So I went through, as you mentioned, some postpartum depression with my first baby and it kind of shook me because I thought my whole life, all I wanted to be was a mom. And then I became a mom and I was like, uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, I remember I just, I kept like asking my sisters and my mom for help, like middle of the night feedings. I was just like thrown off. Nursing threw me off. Just everything about motherhood threw me off. And postpartum depression started to, to seep in. And I thought, you know, I'm over here asking my sisters and I have this support like my mom and these wonderful sisters helping me, but what do people do if they don't have that? Like, where's, where are people getting answers? There's no manual. There's nothing out there. So I started it off. This is back, you know, about 10 years ago when I started a Facebook group and it was just like close mom friends. And it was like, honestly, it was like 39 people. It was like my cousins and friends. <laughs> and it's grown to like 37,000 moms now of just helping each other. We need each other. We can't, we can't do this alone. There's no manual. There's 
you know, nothing guiding us through this. It's something we have to figure out and you have to have a village. And so after I started that, I started blogging with it. And then I just realized, you know, there wasn't anything out there for my depression and anxiety like I had wanted. So I created it. And Anya's a program where we have women who just come as you are. I love that you showed up today without makeup. Like this, that is my comfort zone. Like we come as we are. We just like, however you're showing up is, is perfect for today. And so our, we have a very come as you are mentality in our group and we use Marco Polo to connect and we have online coaches and therapists. And it's basically natural healing for what I've always needed in motherhood. And that's kind of how it all began. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad that you do the work that you do because it's so needed. There are so many new moms that crop up every day that have babies every day that look at around and say, I need help. I need a village. I have so many questions and so few answers. And I know I was one of those moms too. I'm an only child, so I didn't have sisters to ask. I was the only friend who had a baby at that point. I was the oldest of all of my cousins. And so I didn't have anyone to go to. And again, that was when my son is 10 years old, right? So that was the early days of social media and people really weren't talking about parenthood things so much. So I'm so glad for the work that you do, Aubrey. Thank you. All right. I'm going to throw it to Megan. Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. So as you said, I'm a 15-year elementary educator. And prior to becoming a teacher, I was a babysitter. I worked in daycares as a teenager and college student. Working with children has always been very natural for me. And I consider myself, you know, a warm, kind of comforting teacher style. And I had my twins, I have twin nine-year-olds and a six-year-old. And I thought, this is going to be a breeze because I was made for this. I know what I'm doing. I know children and their development, and I know how to meet their needs. And that quickly became very apparent that I did not know how to meet at least my oldest son's needs. He's a neurodivergent kid and has ADHD and anxiety. He's gifted, so twice exceptional. There were sensory processing issues, OCD tendencies. He's highly sensitive, could go on and on and on. And... I thought in those early days, the toddler years, the preschool years, that my son was struggling because of me. It was my fault. I should have known. I should know what his needs are. Why was he screaming constantly, having massive meltdowns, aggression toward his siblings and myself, just a miserable child. He was miserable. And so I struggled with my own anxiety and depression. I felt shame. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt guilty for my other children, doubting myself as not only a mother, but then as a person, just doubting myself in general. I was overwhelmed. I was overstimulated. And so I stayed quiet for a long time because I was too ashamed to speak up. And I wouldn't even have known who to talk to. As far as I could tell, there really wasn't representation my son is nine now. So this was like when he was two, three, four, five, there really wasn't representation that I could find about moms who were struggling raising their neurodivergent kids. There's plenty of resources out there for the kids, but nothing for the moms. And so I did some blogging myself and nobody read it, like maybe my mom, (laughs) but I loved doing the writing. It was really therapeutic and that was it. That was all I could do for a while. And then two years ago, early 2021, my husband said, why don't you start a podcast? I said, nobody listens to podcasts. Why would you do that when you could listen to music? I started the On the Hard Days podcast and did some venting myself. And over time, I started to bring on other moms who I met mostly through Instagram 
raising kids like mine and they just share their stories. It's not advice given. It's the best. It's so nice. What happened from there is that these moms, I would hang up the phone, get off of our Zoom call, whatever, recording with them. And I would want to be like, wait, can I have your number? Like, can we be friends? Like, please don't go. (laughs) Please don't go. You're the first person I've talked to in like a month who gets what I'm going through. And I realized I'm desperate for friendship and community, desperate. And I searched and I searched. I came up with absolutely nothing specifically for struggling moms like myself. So I started my own community. It's called Mothers Together. We are using the Marco Polo video messaging app as the main way that we communicate. But essentially, I match moms personally with each other who are going through a similar experience to help them find their people. And so that's that's kind of an overview of it. Hello, friends. They say it's a man's world. So what does that mean for the rest of us? I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new podcast series that is answering that question. From authors and politicians to athletes and activists, the Story of Woman podcast features interviews with those who explore our world through the female gaze. And they've just launched a new season looking at change and how women can make that happen. Every episode, the host, Anna Steckline, speaks with women at the top of their industries who are leading social and cultural change. I'm most excited for the first episode, which features a first-time-ever exclusive joint interview with Hillary Clinton and Sherry Blair, a leading international human rights lawyer and wife of the former British Prime Minister. I'd say that these women know a thing or two about driving change. This season also features a Nobel Prize laureate, Afghanistan's youngest ever female mayor, and so many more. For real change to happen, we need to hear more women's voices. So be sure to subscribe to The Story of Woman wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I love it. It is. It's it's incredible. Thank you so much, Megan, for that. I have never felt more seen than when I watch your videos about what moms of neurodivergent kids want to say out loud. I I have chills now thinking about it. I sent it to my husband because my son recently has had a diagnosis and it took a very long time to get us there because there was many things that we just I always, let me put it this way, not that I'm throwing my husband under the bus, but I'm not. But I always thought there was something spicy going on there. My husband did not. And so it took a very long time to get him on board in the same way. And once he got on board, then we were able to to pursue the neuropsych testing, which we did. And then, like I said, my son had had a diagnosis, and he actually is also twice exceptional, which is great and adds its own level of, of fun. <laughs> And, and he's wonderful. He's amazing. He's absolutely incredible. But it can be very isolating for parents who have one of my best friends. She, her, she has two kids. One is autistic. The other one has ADHD. She likes to call, and she herself is a therapist. She likes to call them neurospicy. That's what she calls it. And so she, she always says, you know, it, it's so hard for us parents of neurospicy kids because it, they don't it's hard to have those conversations for with parents that don't otherwise understand. And what you cover in your social content is that, are those conversations, are those thoughts that we're maybe, my husband and I may be saying to each other, but no one's really saying that publicly until now. 
And so thank you for making me feel seen. And thank you for making your entire community feel seen. Because for, for me personally, you know, obviously, I started my community of modern mom probs when I lived in New York City. It's one of the biggest city in, <laughs> in New York. And 8 million people. And I was exceptionally lonely. I didn't have a ton of friends. My, my friends were still working. I used to work at Nickelodeon. Like all of my work friends, like they were still at work. They didn't have kids and they were just doing the regular, you know, work stuff. And I was home with my son and we didn't meet up with anybody. And, and I just, I looked around and I had questions and no answers. And, and so I started Modern Mom Probs and that's how I made my friends through Instagram. And they lived all over the country and actually even all over the world at that point. And so we were able to talk about our experiences and, and all of that. And, you know, fast forward here, we are so many years later and the community has grown so that we're able to talk with beautiful women like you who have your own communities because you were in the same space. You were in the space of, uh, I have no one to talk to about this. I have no one to ask questions about this. Like, does this seem, and I'm using this in quotes here, does this seem normal to you? Does this seem right? I never like to use the word normal, but that's why I'm putting it in quotes there. And I'm so glad that there are so many communities now. I mean, everywhere you turn, there's there's communities for parents who need that particular support right? Whether it's, and I'm going to use you, Aubrey, as an example, like breath work and meditation. You know, there are parents that need that specific support. There are parents of neurodivergent kids that need Megan's level of support. Yesterday, I had a conversation with a woman who provides support for preemie parents, and that's very specialized. Her daughter was born 28 weeks early, and you know, if you're not a NICU parent, you may not understand what that experience is like. And so I'm so glad that there's just so many strata of communities nowadays. For sure. And that NICU experience is so, I mean, you don't know it until you've gone through it. Same with any anything, like what Megan has gone through, what you've gone through. It really does make a difference when you go through it. And then you can kind of gather those people who understand at that level. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My, my friend, the one that I mentioned, the, the therapist, she recently started a group through our school, through our elementary school for parents with kids with special needs. And as it's, it's called a CPAG, CPAG? Yeah, CPAG. And so the parents were filing into this meeting uh, a few weeks ago, and each one like nearly had tears in their eyes because here we are, we all go to the same elementary school, but people don't necessarily know you know, whose child has a 504 or an IEP or is seeking one out. And, and to see people that you recognize that you see it drop off, knowing that like, hey, I know you. Oh, I didn't realize that we're going through a similar thing. And, and so it's so beautiful to have those experiences. For that, obviously, that's in person. So I want to talk a little bit about in-person versus digital. Aubrey, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Obviously, your community, you have both because you have retreats and you have a, a digital village. So do you see like a big difference in the experiences and the takeaways of being in person versus digital? Yeah, I, I mean, I love this question because there is a difference. Like 
when you can hug people, when you can be in that same room, there's a difference. And I love in-person things. But I also feel like with technology and everything, like the fact that we can be in different states right now and we're all talking, like we're together is amazing too. And so we have had like incredible experiences just even over Zoom that we meet together weekly. But there is something about that in-person time together that we just need each other. We need physical touch. We need hugs. We need we just need each other and it just adds so much to it. It just makes you, I don't know, it's like seeing something in real life or seeing it on a screen and there's that difference for sure. But I think with Marco Polo and like videos like this, I get this, it just, it's awesome that we can even do this. So there's pros and cons for sure to both. Yeah. Megan, what do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I agree. I I hope that down the road, I can do more in-person things with my community. We've met for a girls weekend last year for the very first time. There was 11 of us. We stayed in a house together in, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and it was the absolute best. And it, it definitely brought us closer. But to be honest, we have grown so close as is. And I think that's part of the the magic of the Marco Polo app because it's video. With moms of neurodivergent kids specifically, a lot of them hesitate to join any sort of support if they even can find it. For one thing, they say, I can't leave my house. I don't know. No one can come babysit my kid. My kid is going to melt down. They might elope. They, you can't you know, get them out of your sight for just a minute. I can't possibly go. And going somewhere in terms of support groups, sometimes those in-person support groups are so formal. And once once a week, we sit around in the community center and we stay for an hour. No, no. So what we have with Mothers Together is letting all of that go. And it's like, okay, we, we've just got to get to the nitty gritty of how hard this is. And so moms quickly realize that in order to receive the support that they need and the encouragement from each other, they have to put themselves out there and be vulnerable. And so we've had every day, honestly, moms are pulling with tears in their eyes while they're driving to work. Obviously their phone is out of their hands. I have, I always tell the story of a, a friend of mine now who's in Mothers Together who told her husband she was going to take a shower, went in the bathroom and shut the door and turned the water on and then just sat down on the floor in the corner, whispering into the phone, making polos for her pod squad. It's, it's like that hiding under a blanket with a migraine in the dark. It's, it's gotta be real and it has to be right away. And so I know that a lot of moms wouldn't be able to access those in-person things because of the nature of their families and the needs of their children. And so this, even though we're all over the world, seeing each other's faces and hearing each other's tones of voices absolutely makes it feel very, very personal. So it's been amazing. Yes. That, it's a really good point because so many times it's hard yeah, to find to, go shower. They just to go. <laughs> be able to break away. Even if it was your partner, let's say you do have a partner and you do have a husband, it's even <laughs> challenging at that point. I mean, just think about the fact that we're the ones that say like, okay, I'm going to like, go don't take a shower me now. For a minute. And we have to like <laughs> announce that to our family. So often our husbands like don't announce that they just go take a shower and you hear the water running. You're like, oh, he's in the shower, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they so just true. go, right? They just go. I'm always like announcing it to the family, like announcing it out loud. <laughs> no one really cares. I just feel the need. I guess it's sort of like a conditioning. Yeah. That's what it is. I want to wash my hair because like, you know, many times I take a shower and I don't wash my hair. So this one day is the day that I'm going to wash my hair. 
<laughs> and I nobody that, bother me. Yeah. And I think that's important too, because that 10 minutes that you go to take your shower, whether or not you wash your hair or not, that's your quote unquote self-care time, which I hate, hate thinking mm-hmm. of it that way. Like, as you said, like maybe your husband just goes, my husband's the same way. He just goes and does the thing. But we moms, I think all moms, no matter what kind of kid you're raising, but we are carrying this massively unrealistic burden on our shoulders of needing to carry the mental load. And when you are raising neurodivergent kids specifically, that mental load is like three times the size. And so the, the thought that we have to announce, hey, I'm going to go take a shower now is exactly the reason why so many moms stay quiet because and don't join things and don't participate in, or look for communities because how could they possibly fit that in when they need to announce every time they're going to shower? And so it's, it's also changing the mindset of mothers to say, hey, you do deserve to not call a shower self-care and you do deserve to receive connection and community and support without having to apologize for that or make time in the schedule with your whole family to share that mental load. And, and that, that can be hard, but if, if moms can get there, it's like such a massive change uh, for the better. It's magical. Yeah, totally. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. Where can parents find communities of like-minded people? And Aubrey, I'll go with you first. Oh man, this one, it's, it's tricky because like what Megan was saying, her, I mean, it's so narrow of what she does and what I do is so narrow and it's good because we need that support. Moms, you know, need her and moms need postpartum help and they need NICU people. They need, you know, and I think looking at, I mean, there's so many different, different things you can look up. There's even like PSI for postpartum things. There's, there's a, there's so many different options. And I think it's just a matter of reaching out. I think so often we think the answer is going to come to us or someone's supposed to reach out to us or someone, you know, and I think the first answers I would say is just ask for help because people know of things. And if you just keep asking and you keep researching, you'll find what that specific thing was. And I think you know, for me, in my experience, I, I mean, my postpartum was so bad. I was having like suicide ideation. It, it got so dark and I felt like a monster. I just, I caved inside and I thought, oh, if I tell anybody, my husband's going to leave. I'm going to, you know, but like deep down, I was like, the world would be better off without me. And I believed that. And for months, it was just kind of this hidden secret inside of myself where I just felt like, you know, I would think of how to, you know, take my life over and over and over again. And I think, man, I wish so bad that even from that first suicide ideation, I just reached out for help and just asked somebody like, I am suffering or I am struggling with this. And, you know, even if, if you ask or talk to somebody, open up about something to somebody and they don't have the answer, they can help you find the answer. And when you can talk about it, it minimizes the problem and it shines a light on the problem rather than doing it all in secret and feeling like you're all by yourself doing it all. I think 
finding those communities, the first step is just to ask for help. And then you'll start to hear different things and people will find you. And and it just works that way. It's just a matter of admitting what you're feeling or what you're going through and realizing you can't do it on your own and that there's help out there that can help lift your life and help you find that light inside of you again. That's beautiful. So beautifully said. You radiate light, Aubrey. Oh. You absolutely, I, I could see it from your soul. You absolutely radiate light. Thank you. You're welcome. How did you know, you said you held those feelings in, you harbored those feelings for months. How did you know that that was the day that you needed to speak up to? Who who did you, who did you speak up to? How did you know you had to speak up to that person? Yeah. Well, so I, I'd had baby, like the first two weeks, it was like baby blues. And I just felt like, you know, oh, it'll go away. Like this is just normal. And then those two weeks passed and I just kept feeling down. Like the whole world felt really dark. Like I couldn't see color. It was like, I just saw black and white everywhere. And I remember just, it's like a suffocating feeling. You just feel like to get out of bed is a huge ordeal. Like that's a big task. And people who don't understand mental health, it's like, they don't understand that. But if you can just imagine like anxiety is like, trying to breathe through a straw. Like it is, it is hard to function when you can't breathe and you feel like you're having panic or you're feeling anxious or all these different things. And in my case, I felt like I had zero control. So I started to control food and I stopped eating and I lost like 25 pounds in two weeks after having my baby. And I just, I felt like I could, I could control life by not eating. And this one specific day, I was eating a a plate of carrots. That was my lunch probably was three carrots. I could control that. And in that day I had, I mean, I'm I'm sure in looking back, I'm like, I'm sure my body was so deprived of so many things. I was trying to nurse and I was eating nothing. I wasn't drinking water, you know, and I had passed out. Like I literally fainted on my baby was in his crib. My husband was at work and I fainted. I fell on the floor. My carrots like rolled, you know, I don't know where, but I, I remember coming to and I just like looked up and I know this isn't like a religious based podcast, but I looked up and I saw this picture of Christ and I thought, is this how I go? Like, can someone truly die from depression? I thought I really could either if I took my life or if I just was so sad, I withered away. And that day I was like, okay, I'm not going to die from this. Like I'm going to be okay. And I remember we went to a like family gathering. And I had a sweet cousin just ask me, she just knew, she just was like, how are you actually like really doing? And I think it's so important to ask moms that like, how are you really doing? And like coming as you are like, and sharing and being vulnerable because then it allows other people to be vulnerable with you. She shared with me her experience and how hard it was for her. And so I just uh, like finally got this big breath of air. I'm like, yes, like I feel you. Like I under you understand exactly what I feel. And she just told me, she's like, you are doing everything right. And you go home and you tell your husband, he's not going to run away from you. You call your doctor, you're going to get some help. You're going to be okay. And so on the drive home, I told my husband and he didn't leave me, (laughs) but in your head, you, you just like think that that's the case. And he just loved me through it. And he helped, I called the nurse and right. She gave me a prescription, like right away to get some help. And my husband actually picked up that prescription and brought it home. And he's like, we have this, but I need you to get out of bed first. And he kind of taught me like, you know, medicine is an amazing flotation device. Like if you're needing medicine, like if you're, if you can't get out of bed, medicine's amazing. 
But there's so many things in addition to medicine that helps you swim. So not just like get on medicine, get that flotation, but then go outside, go for a walk. If all you can do is walk to the next house, perfect. Go two houses the next day and three houses the next day and just keep going. And so I think for me is when I could find that, I mean, to answer your question, that was a long roundabout answer, but to answer that is, is just finding somebody close that I could connect to and being vulnerable. And I think that's what it comes down to is that vulnerability to be able to connect with somebody and being able to tell them exactly what's happening inside and knowing that people love you without judgment. And, you know, I, I'm a very happy person and to, to pin me as suicidal is pretty extreme, but I was there and I understand that space and it is so dark and so heavy. And to have just one person, if you can just tell one person, allow that to open up to help for you. And that is how you seek that help, you know, with whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, people can help you. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for sharing your light with the world. As I mentioned before, I could see the light radiate from you. You have such a good soul and I'm so glad that you're here with us still. I usually don't do a lot of pauses in this, but that was such a a beautifully heavy story and truthful and and so vulnerable. And I appreciate you so much, Aubrey. If I could literally jump through my computer to give you a hug, I would give you just like the biggest bear (laughs) squeeze right now. You have no idea. I would just give you absolutely the biggest hug. And like I said, um, you're welcome. And, and, And thank you for showing up for your family and, and for your children and for your husband and for your extended family and your sisters and your mom and all of that and your community. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here now to help those other women who were, were in that same space or who are in that same space. And that's why you're here. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Ladies, tell us all, both, everybody, tell everybody <laughs> where we can find you. Megan, I'll start with you. So you can find me on my website, which is mothers-together.com. My podcast is on the hard days. It's on Apple, Spotify, all the places. And I'm on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word. And there are a lot of hard days as parents. (laughs) I feel like that's the most like apropos title of a podcast or Instagram account that I think I've ever heard. And not every day is hard, but there are many. There are many. And sometimes for some moms in some seasons, it, it is every day or pieces of every day. And I think that the hard part is that moms of neurodivergent kids, if they are struggling, they don't know really where to go. If they're afraid to just tell that one person, because that one person may be super judgmental, unfortunately. And it may come out, even if they're trying to be genuine, it may be, you know, well, all you have to do is, or when I was raising kids, all uh, what I did was, it's easy, you just, whatever. And not understanding that root cause of these these problems. And so moms clam up and they keep things inside because it's just not, it doesn't feel safe to share what's on their their hearts about how hard this is. Things like, you know, I just want to get in my car and drive away. I wish I didn't even have children in the first place. If I had known it was going to be this hard, I might not have 
gone this route. Things like that, that you, you can't just tell your neighbor, like, how are you doing? Well, I wish I didn't have children and I'm leaving my house because that's just not necessarily going to go over well. And so moms are very guarded about where and how to share this information. And my hope is that, you know, there are a lot of hard days, but down the road, when they feel ready, and just as you said, Aubrey, it is about vulnerability, absolutely taking that chance in a safe space. If you can't find one, hopefully I have one. You can start your own. You can make your own Instagram account. You know, there are ways to put yourself out there to be a leader in that space and start to bring moms to you. And that's really where that positive change happens. Yeah. I think the key really is the vulnerability, isn't it? Is that what you see within your own Marco Polo communities? Yeah, for sure. Because it allows each other to see like their face as is, like if they're crying that day or if they're, you know, and I think that's where vulnerability breeds that connection and finding that safe person. I love that you mentioned that because yeah, a lot of moms, like I didn't want to tell anybody anything, you know, like I don't want people to think I'm a mom. I really felt like a monster or I felt crazy. And I think finding that safe person or that safe space, like Megan's community is amazing. What, a, what an incredible space that you've created to feel safe and, and all, and all of you, like it's, it's amazing. Aubrey, tell us where we can find you in your community. Okay. So I'm over at Aubrey Grossen on Instagram. And then my website for Anya is a new So most of my stuff I do on Instagram and then I have, we have our membership and our Arise conference and all of that on the website. So that's, that's awesome. What, when's the next conference? When's the next Arise conference? We have one coming June 20th and 21st. I am publishing a ah, book. Right congratulations. Now, so. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really excited. It's like a mom compilation. It's like stories of moms in this book. And so I'm really excited. It's going to be. Ah, it's so going to be so good. Will you send me a copy when it's out? Yes, absolutely. I love it. (laughs) That's fantastic. Ladies, thank you so, so much for joining today. Thank you for sharing your stories. And you know what? Thank you for just you being you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.